Welcome to the Cybersecurity Readiness Podcast Series with Dr. Dave Chatterjee. Dr. Chatterjee is the author of the book Cybersecurity Readiness, a holistic and high-performance approach, a SAGE publication. He has been studying cybersecurity for over a decade, authored and edited scholarly papers, delivered talks, conducted webinars and workshops, consulted with companies, and served on a cybersecurity SWAT team with chief information security officers. Dr. Chatterjee is Associate Professor of Management Information Systems at the Terry College of Business, the University of Georgia. As a Duke University visiting scholar, Dr. Chatterjee has taught in the Master of Engineering and Cybersecurity program at the Pratt School of Engineering. Hello, everyone. I'm delighted to welcome you to this episode of the Cybersecurity Readiness Podcast Series. Our discussion will revolve around recognizing the strategic potential and capabilities of cybersecurity, instilling security in the executive mindset, the importance of holistic cybersecurity governance, how do you draw professionals from other fields into cybersecurity, and more. I'm delighted to host Cal Sampangi, Senior Vice President, Cybersecurity Strategy and Architecture at Truist. Cal, welcome. Hey, thanks, Dave, for having me here today. Well, I know the listeners are in for a treat because when we had our planning meeting, you shared some very powerful perspectives, and I'm looking forward to discussing those with you this afternoon. But before we get into all that, how about providing listeners with some highlights of your professional journey? Sure. I started my professional journey soon after I completed my engineering and MBA in finance in India and way back in the late 90s, ERP was a big thing and my background in finance helped me to establish myself as a as a intern to start with and then move up the runs in the consulting world, specifically in ERP implementation and customization. Then as chance by chance into data analytics, you know, from an experience standpoint, working with large systems integrators, consulting firms, retailers, and financial services. Specifically, most of my career has been in data analytics, but I took some risk, made a pivot in during the pandemic. When an opportunity struck for me to take a role in cybersecurity, I thought that could be something new, refreshing, and I moved to cybersecurity in 2019. So it's been close to five years for me in this space, apart from my previous experiences. Hope that helps. Fantastic. That's such an eclectic background. In fact, it brings back memories of my own experience where I started my career in accounting as a chartered accountant and then gravitated to information systems. And and now I'm focusing on cybersecurity. So that's phenomenal. So Cal, I'll reference our planning meeting that we had where you shared some very powerful and interesting perspectives. And I quote from one of them. You said, the security industry needs to pivot away from talking about things and why they go wrong into getting things done and fixing things. This is not a problem which has or can have a purely technological solution. Can you please expand? Sure. As said, getting things done 
rather than talking about things. I think it goes back to some other other thoughts I shared in terms of hey, moving away from a compliance-oriented function towards really doing something from an implementation standpoint. But before I get there, I think today, as we all know, cyber risk is everywhere. And for all the investments we've been making to secure our systems, protect customers, we're still struggling to make cybersecurity, in my view, a vibrant, proactive part of strategy operations and the enterprise culture. In my view, the root cause could be twofold. Now, obviously, cybersecurity most of the time is treated as a back office job. And two, most cyber leaders, at least I have come across, I have had experience with not to kind of belittle anything, but I've come from technology backgrounds, just like me, and lack a little or maybe a little ill-equipped from to exerting strategic influence across the organization. So given that, again, we, we also hear that an average tenure for a cyber leader is 18 months, but it's clear that something is not right. It needs to change. And we have all seen historically, companies have expected security leaders to focus on technical tasks and not maybe you know, not have expected more of them, but as the regulatory policies change as this cyber threats and the the compliance regulation aspect and as companies become more and more digital enabled i think the goal of securing a business is a much more big strategic decision rather than a set of technical tasks it's all about the business models the digital strategy the product mix the merger and acquisitions Cybersecurity, in my view, is or should not be an afterthought, but should be part of the business model itself or part of the digital strategy itself, part of the product mix itself. We can discuss those in detail later, but at, at, a, at a high level, that's what I think. I couldn't agree with you more. Cybersecurity needs to be part of the strategic core, integral to strategic decision making and a key and distinctive value proposition. So please continue. This is great. I think the cyber leadership should help embed security throughout the company's products, channels, operations. And to do so, obviously, how to influence fellow senior leaders. It has to be a collaborative effort. So if we have to influence fellow senior leaders, then you got to be talking the same language. You've got to talking and walking the same languages as well. So and I think that's the key to, from a cyber leadership standpoint. That means companies need to develop security executives who have the skills to do so. And this goes back to my point of how much of inboarding could we do to expedite building these skills within the organization versus onboarding or basically bringing in more business leaders into security in some form fashion, building that connectivity and that the thread between the various functions in the organization. Interesting. So essentially what you're saying is unless the C-suite folks recognize the significance of security and are willing to make it centric to the overall strategic goals of the organization, you're unlikely to see an organization-wide acceptance 
organization-wide involvement whereby everybody does their part as opposed to kind of outsourcing it to a group of people, whether internal or external, to do the heavy lifting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we should be not just be embedded in the processes, but at the end of the day, in the culture. So it's about how securely we are engaging with our customers, how securely we are running our business. So it, 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 it needs to be embedded in the culture. I think that's where I was going to. And that kind of resonates to your statement as well. For security to become part of the organizational culture, for security to become part of the executive mindset, organizational mindset, it requires training. It requires awareness. It requires job rotation. Like you said, it requires creation of attractive roles, which will draw people from other fields into cybersecurity. How the CISO function and reporting relationships are structured also depends on how information security is perceived by the leadership. Talking about structuring CISO reporting relationships, there are various views out there. According to one school of thought, the chief information security officer, CISO, should report directly to the CEO. According to another school of thought, CISO should report to the external audit committee. Based on your experience, Cal, having worked in different organizations, currently you are a senior leader in a very large institution. Do you feel that steps are being taken to create and sustain a high-performance information security culture? Also, what are your thoughts and perspectives on the ideal CISO reporting structure? I think, yes, there is the intent and large organizations, specifically in certain industries, are moving towards that. But you just mentioned about where should the cyber leadership role aligned to? Should it be reporting into the CEO or the chief operating officer or the risk committee? I think there are different variations of the model. There are different thought processes. I think from my perspective, I always felt it is about setting the intent. There is no one size fits all. But I think setting the intent in terms of primary options, considering building the strategy around business continuity, brand protection, bottom line growth, regulatory compliance. I think setting the intent around these larger strategic teams is key. I think the business context drives these choices where it should land. I think the business context and the intent are very, very important. You may want to think factors like regulatory pressure, risk exposure, what really customers are looking for. I'll, I'll give a couple of examples here. An electric company may prioritize business continuity to ensure the highest service of time in a cost pressure market while an IoT manufacturer may focus on growth, betting on cybersecurity's ability to be a differentiator and to justify the premium prices. Similarly, a financial services firm, given that the thin line between fraud, privacy, and cybersecurity is kind of thin line and it's waning away, I think the intent here in terms of, hey, if 
at the end of the day it's the customer experience which matters at the end of the day it's the customer experience on digital channels which is going to was growth i think that intent and the context should drive the choices in terms of the cyber leader should reporting to and so on and so forth i think it's all about the why for cyber security the the why for cyber security and 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 these choices go back to the the why the chosen strategy or the response to the why will obviously cascade down to operational activities will then drive business outcomes i think at the end of the day cyber security as a function cannot afford to be just technology and tools driven because there is too much at stake right now so i think it is a business context and it is the intent and the why which would drive the broader strategy and the alignment of cyber leadership in the organization that's my perspective rather than saying hey it should be aligned to the ceo or the coo or the risk committee fair very fair you have to contextualize cyber security given the vision mission goals of the organization and the growth strategy as well where am i and how do i want to grow yeah things like that this reminds me of another guest who made a very interesting and poignant statement he said i'd encourage the c level leaders to look at cybersecurity as an opportunity instead of viewing it as a hurdle a stumbling block and a cost of doing business so the leadership mindset needs to change where they are optimistic and opportunistic about cybersecurity they view developing cybersecurity capabilities as a source of competitive edge competitive advantage so exactly i think the key is the cybersecurity could be a competitive advantage and i think that's the paradigm shift yes that is the kind of paradigm shift that is needed for information security to become part of the strategic core when the leadership starts looking at cyber from a strategic standpoint they will include cybersecurity in their discussions of whether they should launch a certain initiative or a certain product and if so what are the security implications and how are they going to address it you are absolutely right process strategy and it's wanted to you know as as the businesses are evolving and the digital channels are becoming the prime channels to to sell a product or an offering or to service a product or an offering i think the 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 trust factor and the importance of trust factor between the one who is offering a service and one who is consuming a service i think that the the importance of the trust factor has kind of you know at an elevated level and for the business to be successful beat beat any beat any industry you don't see we are talking about back or few years ago when we say a bank it was a brick and mortar walking branch similarly a retailer was the same thing but now when we are talking about e-commerce e-banking and the digital channels the trust factor the key and that becomes a competitive advantage establishing a greater trust when we are talking about the digital channels when we are not really touching and talking to people at a branch 
So establishing that trust is a complicated advantage. And obviously, cybersecurity is part of that trust. Breach means you have your customers who are kind of you know, thinking about, hey, should I should I stay with this organization where there is a breach and my data could be compromised, my personal information could be compromised. And that's a reputational risk, huge reputational risk, apart from the financial risk and other risks for the organization. But at the same time, for the end customer, not having the trust, I think you know that's a much broader business risk for the organizations. I like the way you brought in trust to frame the significance of what we are talking about. Trust is such a great leveler and it brings to perspective what's key and how cyber can play a role in enhancing trust. Customers have to trust the quality of the product, quality of the service, and alongside with those, customers must also be able to trust that the information they are sharing or the information the company has about them is being safeguarded to the best of the organization's abilities. So trust is definitely a common denominator, and that's a great way of trying to raise the level at which cybersecurity should be perceived and integrated within the organization. On a related note, as we have seen time and again, it brings back memories of the Enron scandal, then the arrival of the SOX legislation. Time and time again, history tells us that organizations are more reactive. Organizations need the fear of enforcement of compliance requirements to get things done. The proactive effort is not there. And to to make it a proactive initiative, one has to find a way of linking it to the strategic goals, to the business goals, to revenue generation. So that's the challenge, because otherwise you're going to have a hard time convincing leadership to spend time focusing on cyber because they'll say, well, we got to run the business, we got to manage our customer base and so on and so forth. And it varies from industry to industry. You are in a financial services industry. The regulations are very stringent. So probably the perspective is different. But I have seen different views of the leadership across different industries, and they are not all aligned in terms of seeing cybersecurity as part of their strategic core. What are your thoughts? Yeah, as you rightly said, depending upon the industry, the size of the business, I think the focus and the magnitude of focus could differ. However, I think there are some common factors or common forces, irrespective of the industry size, as we see this sprawl with with the digital products, channels, I think there are some common factors, right? And it, it, it has nothing to do with the size of the organization or, or the offering the organization has or the regulatory compliance issues of the, the organization has. At the end of the day, every business is dealing with consumers and we are seeing more and more and more increasingly complex regulation around uh, consumer data protection. And I think it's across the board. Two, and it's evolving. Two, the, the role of smart decisions, the role of smart 
equipment. If you talk about IoT as an industry, we, we all talk about self-driving cars very soon. So when we talk about all of these, which are very software driven, and the moment we talk about these the, the digital channels, platforms, products, we obviously talk about the data we capture, the analytics we conduct on the data, machine learning, artificial intelligence, the ecosystem partnerships, because no one company can build all the nuts to you know, nuts and bolts and all the all the moving shaking parts for additional products. So obviously there is going to be an ecosystem partnership, a platform partnerships, irrespective of the industries. That's where that's where we, we are seeing the, the, the business models evolving into ecosystem partner partnerships, platform partnerships, so on and so forth. And as these ecosystems evolve, evolve, and as more of these platform partnerships are built, so that these smaller businesses could grow quickly, grow fast. Obviously, there is an increase in supply chain risk because now we have too many touching connected points. So obviously, there is supply chain risk, and it goes back to how well are we protecting my customer information, and then. And then the threat could be from the supply chains you are operating within. So I think I think the the leadership aspect of cybersecurity, irrespective of the size, that needs to be positioned to function for lateral impact across the organization, not just across the organization, but also across your supply chain. So the lateral impact or positioning for the lateral impact, I think that's the key and it has nothing to do with the size of the organization or the industry in which the organization is operating. I think having that, if we all agree that having that lateral impact is key, then proper authority is vital. And having a inter-organizational political sway and extra-organizational political sway to orchestrate the change, I think that's the key. So I don't think we, we should or we, we could or we should look at it from a lens of the organizational size and the, and then the, and the industry itself. Great point. Competition today is not simply between, say, Publix and Kroger but between Publix and its network and Kroger and its network. As you put it, competition is taking place at the ecosystem level, at an interorganizational network level. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. And that brings up something that I've been recommending through my book, articles, and talks. And that is establishing some sort of shared accountability and responsibility among the value chain partners whereby when data of company A resides on the server of service provider B, service provider B should work in unison with company A to make sure that the data is safe. The two supply chain partners should work as a team to ensure the most rigorous information security standards are being maintained and met. In other words, It is not okay to simply rent out the storage space or computing power and say, okay, here are your servers, 
This is how you configure the security settings. And now it's your problem. It's your responsibility to secure your customer data. I think that's where there has to be some changes, whether it comes in the form of regulations or it is through SLA provisions, whereby both the parties, in this case, A and B, will be held jointly liable for the breach consequences. Only when there is responsibility and accountability, Cal, are you likely to see the kind of security-centric supply chain partnerships that you're talking about. Security controls have to be embedded within interorganizational processes and business models. Totally, totally agree. I think we are not too far, at least from my perspective and the way I look at it, we are not too far to to get to that place. Not just from a, in, in this case, you mentioned, for example, cloud providers. Party A and party B, one of that could be a cloud provider. I think it's much broader than that. We're talking about data sharing. We're talking about ecosystem partners, monetizing shared data and information because you know, their offerings are built around that. So as we get into those complex ecosystem models, it can never be the responsibility of the partner where the data is originating versus where it is hosted versus who is using it, so on and so forth. It becomes a collective responsibility. And I think the industry, two things, right? there is an organic, natural shift to self-regularize and self-regulate this and some kind of a model to support the increasing needs and the challenges, mitigate the challenges, to more of regulation, more of the oversight from the government and institutions. I think we will get to that path. And my view is before a lot of the regulation comes into frame, more than driven by regulation, I think as partners in the ecosystem, because again, as we talk about evolving technologies like blockchain, when we're talking about, again, leveraging technologies uh, across the partner ecosystems, building platforms across partner ecosystems, I think some amount of sanity would prevail and people would come together and say, hey, how do I protect the interests of my customer and my consumer? And I think we will arrive at that kind of a point. That's my view. I'm so delighted that you're painting such an optimistic picture. And that's how leaders like you should be, because you're kind of guiding where cybersecurity governance needs to go. And talking about cybersecurity governance, and I'm glad you mentioned that it's not enough just to focus on the technical controls. Technical controls are important, not trying to minimize their significance. But I like to emphasize holistic governance. Drawing upon my framework, holistic cybersecurity governance is reflected in the three dimensions of a high-performance information security culture, commitment, preparedness, and discipline. Each of these dimensions are associated with success factors, 17 of them to be precise. Many of these success factors are linked to leadership and governance. For instance, 
one of the success factors of holistic cybersecurity governance is hands-on top management. How actively engaged is top management from the standpoint of providing oversight and also participating in cybersecurity strategy development, implementation, monitoring, measurement, and more? Other managerial factors include the structuring and empowering of the CISO function, shared ownership and responsibility, cross-functional participation, and strategic alignment and partnerships. So anyhow, the bottom line is that the approach to cybersecurity governance must be holistic by focusing on people, process, and technology-centric measures. Absolutely, uh, Professor Charles. Again, there cannot be a hundred percent cyber safe absolutely situation, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, absolutely. that's not not even a statement of nirvana. You know, we can never have a hundred percent cyber safe. Correct. Totally. I think I think it's all about when we talk about commitment, discipline, preparedness against these, these three dimensions. And when I said uh, the technical concepts versus the management and leadership concepts here. I think the key is the ability to abstract the technical concepts into messages that would grip senior leaders, both logically and emotionally, right? So the ability to do that, I think that attribute in a cyber leader would help the commitment part, the discipline part, and also the preparedness part. And you know what this means is to have the ability to, to abstract the technical concepts. And it, it, you know, as I have seen in my experience, for example, the best person to lead a digital transformation or a best person to lead AI adoption within organization and the products offer need not be or necessarily be a, a digital expert. Right, and I have not seen a technical digital expert becoming the a, a chief digital officer or a chief data officer, at least in my experience. I think to, to a large extent, you know, it could work for cybersecurity, or it should work for cybersecurity as well. You know, the cyber leader could be a proven non-cyber executive, but who knows the business, has key relationships throughout the organization and a general appreciation for the technology. I think having those traits, obviously, if there is much more than general appreciation for technology, well and good, but it's not the, the, the other way, right? I think finding these critical traits, I think that would ensure and serve as an enduring force from a upliftment standpoint of your cyber posture and also making it part of the broader organizational design, organizational culture. Fantastic. Fantastic. I like the way you articulated the reality that for a cyber leader to be truly effective, having the necessary technical skills is not sufficient. It's great if it's there, but the business savvy, the ability to connect and communicate with the leadership and probably most importantly, the, the point you made at the very beginning is the ability to articulate technological issues from a security standpoint in a manner and a fashion that 
everybody can relate to. So the speak has to be simple. The speak has to be easily understandable because otherwise you're going to lose a lot of the constituencies and you can't afford that. The moment you get into extreme tech speak and extreme security speak and you are engaging in acronyms and jargons, immediately folks who are not familiar, they jump to the conclusion, oh, that's too complicated for me. Just tell me what I have to do and I'll do it. Exactly, right? As I transitioned into cybersecurity a few years ago, the initial six to eight months were really challenging because there was the speak of IP addresses, speak of different frameworks, NIST framework, CIS framework, and basically some numbers which would talk about a particular requirement in a framework like NIST. At the end of the day, it was a bit challenging for someone like me who's coming from a different area. But I think, one, I could bring in my experience and my skills in data analytics, digital experience space to cyber. I'm just quoting this as an example. Having worked in data, I was always a little scary to talk to and operate within my peers in the cybersecurity space because you know, I've always seen them as someone would come and say, no, you can't do this. But then moving here, I realized the challenge here is both parties not able to talk the same language. I think that helped me appreciate the, the, the challenges within cybersecurity and also the mindsets within my fellow teammates. If one, appreciate and two, help build that bridge, that relationship with the business partners to be a real bridge from a communication standpoint. Calls for the cross-pollination of skills, cross-pollination of leadership skills, managerial skills, and also the domain expertise and understanding the business itself. I think that's the key. Fantastic. I could use that as a wrap-up because we are coming to the end of our time here. And I also want to take this opportunity of congratulating you on your new role. And I like the way you envision the future of cyber. And I have no doubt that you'll be super successful in your in your current role. I wish you the very best. But once again, I, I'd like to give you uh, the opportunity of uh, sharing some final words before we call it for, for today. Thank you, Professor Chatterjee. Uh, I mean, it was a pleasure for me to sit with you and have this conversation. Again, you know, personally, I'm learning a lot. This has been a great journey for the last four years as I peek into the different mindsets. For me, it's a very interesting journey. It's not just about the technology. It's about how we operate within cyber, how we can build relationships across the board, both internally and outside. And as I said, as uh, platform-based ecosystems become the, the central point of how business models evolve and how artificial intelligence, machine learning, and these technologies come to the to the middle and how we deliver more and more of digital products. I think space is going to get much more interesting, not just because there's going to be more of regulation and compliance needs. And at the same time, one other thing I want to mention as a closing comment, there needs to be a digital transformation within the cyber function itself. What I mean by that is cut down a lot of plethora of tools, make it simple, adopt 
artificial intelligence, you know, machine learning to automate a lot of the cyber functions, be it on the protect side or the or the detect side. So I think there is there is a lot of opportunity here for people with software development skills, people with program management skills, people with product management skills, because I think cybersecurity needs to move more towards the paradigm of product management in terms of delivering cyber capabilities within the organization. So there is an opportunity for agile practitioners, data scientists. So I think there is opportunity for a lot of different skills, not just specific cyber skills with cyber certifications, because I see a lot of people focusing on a lot of cyber security certification. I think that is needed. That is for a set of for a, for a set of functions, for a set of roles. But I think the cyber security as a as a community should start embracing people with other skills, as I mentioned earlier, and vice versa. I think there is a huge opportunity going forward, and kind of feel really happy and delighted to be part of this movement at this point in time. Thank you again for having me today. Thank you so much, Cal. I'm sure we'll have many more conversations. It's been a pleasure. A special thanks to Cal Samhangi for his time and insights. If you like what you heard, please leave the podcast a rating and share it with your network. Also, subscribe to the show so you don't miss any new episodes. Thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. The information contained in this podcast is for general guidance only. The discussants assume no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained in this podcast is provided on an as-is basis with no guarantee of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. The opinions and recommendations expressed in this podcast are those of the discussants and not of any organization.